Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Man, thanks for taking time and checking out today's show. On today's show, I'm going to give you three books that I recommend every man must have in his library. If you don't have a library as a man, it's time to start building one. If you have a son-in-law, a co-worker, somebody in your life that needs to be resourced up, make sure you check out this podcast. I'm going to give you the three books that I believe have been incredibly instrumental in my life up to this point when it comes to biblical manliness. Guys, there's a ton of great books out there, and I would love for you to leave a comment below this podcast or wherever you're watching this and let me know some books that have been instrumental in your life to being a biblically equipped man of God. And I want to get into this real quick that we uh, believe in reading with the pursuit of manliness for a few reasons. Um, there's been a few things in my life that have been instrumental to get me to start reading. Uh, the first one was I remember seeing a, a shelf in my office just covered with books. Maybe you have one of those in your house or in your office. And I looked at it one day and realized I hadn't read 80% of those books. And so I took all the books off that I hadn't read and I started getting through them. I started reading those books and as I read them, I'd put it up on the shelf and it was really a cool moment of going, hey, I'm adding uh, to my library here. I can tell somebody if they walk in, yeah, I've read that. You ought to check it out too. Here's why it's important to you. Um, the second reason is I took a literature class in Bible college and I did not want to take a literature class. I had to read Canterbury Tales and you know all these like um, books about poems and short stories. And I thought, I don't want to do that. And I'm telling you what, that was one of the greatest things that happened to my mind to stretch it beyond what I was comfortable reading and understanding at words that you had to go back over and reread them or look them up and write what they meant next to them. It's, I just realized what a value it is to stretching your brain like that. And the other thing I want you to know before we get into this is reading is kind of like uh, doing sit-ups and saving money. Nobody notices. It's not a lot of fun. And most of us aren't doing it like we should. But when you need it, it will pay off when you least expect it. It's a discipline that you need to develop. When it comes to reading, there are some pushbacks. I always hear from people when I try to encourage them to read, read, read. Number one, I don't enjoy it. If you don't enjoy reading, I'm going to tell you this, you're reading the wrong books. You Start with books that you like. Start with a biography of somebody that you like. Start with something you want to know. This time of year, I will typically read books about you know Notre Dame fighting Irish and the Green Bay Packers, the history of those teams. I like them, and I look forward to football coming back. Different times of year, I'll read books about manliness or different biographies or you know, whatever it is. You read the right books, okay? Number two, you don't know what to read. If you're saying I'm reading the wrong books, ask someone that you think is reading or is leading or is growing in some capacity and say, what are you reading? I started to go to conferences and talk to the presenters after they were done and say, what are you reading? I might get one or two questions with them, and this allowed me to kind of get an insight into hours of their preparation, hours of their getting their mind right. Number three is guys will say, I just don't have the time. Listen, if you read for 15 minutes a day, that comes out to 96 hours a year, and with an average book about 10 to 12 chapters, the average book, I know some are more, some are less, you could easily read 10 books a year. 10 books a year, and a decade you have read 100 books. At the end of your life, you could actually pass those on to somebody else or give them to someone and say, listen, I read this. It was critically, critically timely in my life. I want you to read this. I want you to apply this. I want you to, to grow from this. What a great investment. Listen, this podcast, this video is not about um, why we read. It's about these three important books to my journey. And I believe if you have read them 
or you will read them. Uh, they will be important to you as well. The first book is uh, from an author that, uh, i got to be honest, I, I knew somebody who really liked this author. He's a preacher as well. And me and this guy just were not clicking. And I thought, you know what? I'm never going to read anything from this person because he would always say, have you read so-and-so's books? And without further ado, that book is called uh, What He Must Be If He Wants to Marry My Daughter by Vody Bauckham. If you're watching the video, I'm holding it up so you can see what it looks like. I'll also put the links on the YouTube channel where all these books are. This book is $14.95 on Amazon. When I finally bought this book, I did it begrudgingly. I, I bought it almost to say, all right, I'm going to shut this guy up. And I got to tell you, I was impressed right from the beginning. If you want to know what it's like to be, what you're supposed to be as the biblical sp spiritual leader of your home, read this book. If you don't want to know, don't read the book. If you want to keep head in the sand, I just want to do what all the other guys at work are doing or all the other parents on the soccer team are doing, don't read this book. Because this book will convict you. Uh, for example, one of the things that we have been uh, pretty consistent about from day one, I shouldn't say pretty, we have been incredibly consistent about from day one with our girls and now our son is we don't play boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, I don't need to match them up with some kid who can't commit to an iPad cover and yet make that their boyfriend in eighth grade and then wonder why their heart's broken or they're sad or depressed. or Forget that, okay? Um, we squelch that as soon as we hear about that. And, uh, and listen, I know my girls are getting older. There's, there's boys swarming around. I'm a former junior high boy. I understand how this works. And, but we continue to have this conversation with our girls and with our son. This book will convict you about that. This book is loaded with tons of scripture. Okay. Uh, one chapter I decide I'm going to write down every scripture that he mentions. And I, I, I feel just pages. He's constantly referencing scripture, even to the point where you start with a wedding, like who gives this woman to this man? Listen, that's biblical. And I didn't know that. And now when I do a wedding, I'll reference that scripture. The Bible actually tells us that we, and I'll go into it. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to look it up. Okay. It's, this book is loaded. Um, I don't think you have to have a daughter to read this. If you have a son, it's just as important. If you can see it, I just waved it. In front. If you can see it, I don't know if it comes up well. There's tons of post-it notes um, on the top and on the side. And, and just about every page has got tons of highlighting in it. Man, this book, if you want to be a better man, husband and father. I, I told my father-in-law after I had read it, I said, man, you should have asked me more questions. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that disrespectfully to him. What I, what I meant was I had absolutely no clue what I was doing taking a wife. And he tried to do his best. But you're so arrogant, right? You're so just in love. You're so, it's going to be all. And I said, man, you should have asked me more questions. I have given this book out to so many guys, so many guys. Uh, it's so important and it's just become kind of the, the baseline when it comes to raising my kids and what it means to be a spiritual leader. Uh, again, it's $14.95 on Amazon. When you go to Amazon, I would encourage you to check out other titles from him. I think I've read every book, if not, maybe one I haven't yet, of Vody Bauckham's. They're all very consistent and they're all just unbelievably convicting. Vody, uh, maybe you know, heard of this, he's the, the pastor. I think he's still in Texas, but I, I, I could be wrong on that. Um, he's the one that has the church with no nursery, no youth group, no nothing like that. And he explains why. And I read this as a children's pastor. Like, that's how I'm paying my mortgage, right? By being a children's pastor. Um, youth pastors definitely don't like this. You know, they don't read this because youth pastors always think that they're the ones changing the generation. And maybe they are. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, um, when that, and that youth kid has their first baby or gets engaged or whatever, they're calling their parents. They're probably not calling the children's and youth pastor. Um, I'm telling you, this book... Um, and all of his writing is very convicting in that to raise the standard in our life of what it means to be a man of God. This is not a guy who had the baton of faith passed on to him and he's just running with it because grandpa planted a church, you know, many, no, not at all. 
Not at all. Actually, when you read this book, it begins to eliminate any excuse you have of blaming your DNA or your past of why you're not doing what you're doing. It's not too late to read this. I don't care if you have grandkids. Read this book. If you have anyone in your life who depends on you to get this right, this is a great resource. The second book that I recommend, uh, this book was um, timely. If I read the first one begrudgingly, um, I read the second one in a very timely manner. God's timeliness is always perfect. I had heard this guy speak on a podcast about why men were losing men in the church. This was the same time where I was going through what I've shared, kind of this learning to fight, what it meant to fight and show up on a regular basis and be uh, a man of God. And my tension was uh, being a man of God felt more like becoming a Sunday school teacher. You know, it felt more... Um, I was very close-minded. I, I didn't know what that meant. And I've shared before, when I got into, when I started the pursuit of manliness, I didn't know about all these other groups. And maybe there weren't as many then, I don't know, but I just didn't know them. And I thought, I want something that is a game changer for guys when it comes to changing the narrative of what it means to be a man of God. And we can have something that we can invite non-Christian men to and go, see, this is what it is, not that. And uh, that's not knocking anyone, but this book, I'm going to hold it up so you can see it. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, you've probably seen it. Um, i got to be honest, when I heard him speak on a podcast, I bought it pretty much because of the cover. The cover looks like something you find in like an old, you know, um, medicine cabinet or something. The guy, guy's got a handlebar mustache on the front. It's very vintage looking. It feels like an old historic type of book. Um, it's really, really um, equipping, to say the least. Um, when I started Pursuit of Manliness, I did it anonymously for several reasons, but one of the, the reasons is because I felt insecure about starting the Pursuit of Manliness. I knew I was on a pursuit of being a man of God, but I had a fear of what other people would say, like, you're not, you know, you know, we get this idea, let me start, we get this idea that being a man of God is this, is this manly man is a guy that changes his own oil, he can, you know, put a roof on, he, and if you can do these things, great, he cuts trees down with an axe, he wears flannel, he, he has, um, he carries his wife over his shoulder on the way to bed to make love to her, his kids sit at his feet as he drinks whiskey and smokes a pipe and tells stories of yesteryear and, you know, all the deer on the wall that he has killed through the years, hey, that's great if that's you, and I would love to meet you if that is you. But for me, I didn't feel like that. I knew I wanted to be a man of God. I knew I wanted to be better equipped and resourced, but I knew I was starting essentially at rock bottom. This book changes the narrative when it comes to this idea of being a manly man. He talks about noble manhood and uh, man really does an incredible job of unpacking it. Uses uh, a lot of illustrations from history. Roosevelt we're all a fan of. Churchill we're a fan of. But he's going to use some, some illustrations, stories at least for me, that I, I had no idea. It gives you a vision of being a growing, responsible man. Responsible, responsible. Man, his four maxims. Um, you know, if, if you miss being responsible for those four maxims, you've missed something, okay? Um, he's got a ton of resources in the back, books, movies, uh, quotes. Um, it's just very instrumental in the birth of Pursuit of Manliness of what it is. This book has a very vintage feel. I love old vintage stuff. We have vintage furniture. I love old 1920s, 1940s radio and music. And so um, that's why my logo has a little bit of that vintage feel. What, a, what an honor it was to have Stephen Mansfield on the podcast. He's been incredibly generous to me, sharing content, speaking highly of me on social media, uh, making time to be on a podcast. Um, I have only read one other book of his that I can think, two other books, Band of Brothers, which is really short, easy read. 
And uh, God and Guinness, which is the story of, uh, is it Arthur Guinness? Uh, I can't remember right now. But over in Ireland, the Guinness beer that, that's incredibly popular and, and all, the stu- all the stuff that came from that Guinness lineage that I have to be honest, I had absolutely no idea uh, went into that. So very, very good read. Very incredible. Man, check that out. I don't think I gave the price on that, so forgive me. That is $11.97 on Amazon. So for you know about $26, bucks, you can get those first two books. Um, and then the last book is, um, I'm just going to hold it up. It's called The Warrior's Soul by Jerry Boykin and Stu Weber. I have since read other uh, Stu Weber books. They are all really good. And for many of the reasons that I'm going to share here in just a minute, this is 1075 on Amazon. Currently right now, the men in tribe are going through uh, this book. And we we are... Uh, it, here, here's here's the here's the reason here's the here's why this book is so important. The Warrior Soul is almost a title that I would ignore. I just told you a second ago that you know not overly manly man. Like you know, if you say hey, I want to hang drywall, I'm not your guy. Okay, if we're, if we're repairing something, you need to call somebody else. I can write a check, uh, but I'm not good at doing that. Uh, Lowe's, it's a minimum of three trips if I have to do anything, going to Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever. But here's the other problem. Sometimes in our Christian culture, the man language, we have taken it, I believe, out of context. It sounds a lot better than what it is. And Promise Keepers was the best of this. Stand in the gap. You know, that there, there was um, they had several phrases that were very good, but were we really doing that? Okay. Uh, some of our main language might be that we're, you know, we're locking shields, we're standing shoulder to shoulder. We have iron sharpens iron. Um, and, and, and I'm trying to think of some others. I'm not knocking anyone that uses this. Okay. If that's you use it, be authentic with it. That is great for me. I didn't feel comfortable using that. I actually told a guy, um, that I used to work with that. I'm like, I just struggle with that language because sometimes we use this language and it sounds like iron sharpening iron, but what we're doing is we're eating biscuits and gravy at the table where our wives just sat two nights before watching Beth Moore, and all we did was move the candle and the doilies, but we're sharpening iron. No, we're all facing one direction, watching someone talk to us for 20 minutes. We're going to have a closing prayer. We're going to go home, and we'll spend more time probably talking about you know the Super Bowl or March Madness or the weather or politics or gas prices. I mean... I, more guys in our church talk about rain gauges and how much rain they got at different places than what they're, <laughs> what they're reading in the Bible, right? Let's, if we're going to do that, let's make sure that that's our focus. And I, I know when I started Tribe, I had a guy knock me because he didn't like the phrase Tribe. A Tribe is this, this. And he wasn't wrong with what he was saying. But we're using a version of Tribe that is building a tribe. So in our book, we're, in our Tribe, we're reading um, a war, The Warrior's Soul. We're reading a chapter every two weeks. This is not a book that you should fly through. If you do it, you're cheating yourself, okay? Uh, He makes you think about your presence in all environments. All environments. From your quiet time with God to standing in the marketplace, okay? Our actions reflect what we fight for and what we stand for. And again, that language is great if you're doing those things. But if you're doing those things and we're losing our kids and we're losing our marriage and we're you know, we're only going to men's ministry. We're not volunteering anywhere in the house, in the church. We're not leading in the marketplace. We're not leading in our communities. Then we're really not doing that, okay? He connects us to Jesus, who is the only truly authentic example of manliness. The rest of us are just copying that. Even people that we look up to as very manly, 
they're copying God's version of manliness. Sometimes in a pretty good way and sometimes not in a good way. And again, I want you to know, if you read this book, really if you read any, the other two books as well, do not fly through them because you will cheat yourself. These are not a book, books that you read to put on your shelf to say, I read X number of books a year. I read a substantial number of books a year, and sometimes in December, I will just fly through a handful of books that I know, I just want to get that off my shelf. I'm sick of looking at that book. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to devote you know, a couple days. I'm going to bang these books out. I don't believe these books are it. And so, man, these are just, these are just a few books that I want to encourage you to add to your library. Have you read anything from Stu Weber? Leave me a comment. Let me know. If you've read anything from Stephen Mansfield or Vody Bauckham, let me know what you've read. Let me know what it, what it res- how it resonated with you. Uh, maybe I've read it too. Maybe I haven't. I'll, and I'll definitely check it out. Uh, the goal is that every once in a while, I'm going to share uh, a few more books, a few more resources that um, I recommend for you know something specific in your life. And sometimes uh, I, I've read a lot of books on mailingness, so there'll be a lot more content, a lot more books about that. Uh, but other growth as well, marriage, etc. I want to hear from you. If you have books that you would like to add to this conversation, say, hey, this is a book. You know, a lot of guys read uh, Kingdom Man or uh, Wild at Heart. Um, Shepherding a Child's Heart was one that was really popular uh, for, a, for a while when it came to parenting, right? Love and Respect. There's some that just come up, you know, Francis Chan books. Let me know, man. Leave a comment below a book that just, you know, if these three were instrumental in my life, what is a book that was instrumental in your life? Leave a comment below. I mean, I would love for you to hear that because if you share that, There'll be other guys that are going to see that comment and they may go check it out as well. When I hear what other leaders are reading, nine times out of 10, I go to Amazon and I buy it as soon as I can. You might be that guy that's going to encourage or push somebody to go read another book that might be instrumental in saving their marriage or saving their relationship with their kids or whatever. So once again, guys, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. At the end of it all, I just want to encourage you, keep growing, keep learning. There really is no excuse to not keep learning, right? Now, reading is not the only way, but it is a very disciplined way. I want to encourage you as well. Make sure to connect with Pursuit of Manliness. Everything is at Pursuit Manliness. On YouTube, we're the Pursuit of Manliness. Um, adding videos there at least once a week, if not more. Um, the chances are high. This video that, that I'm recording right now, this podcast that you're listening to, will be broken up into three segments uh, just for the sake of sanity and the sake of time. Uh, so just bite size so you can see it, read it, get the link, whatever. Um, and I want to encourage you, go to our closed Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Pursuit of Manliness. If you're in there, man, keep engaging. That we have, a, we have some really good guys in that group and keep inviting guys. I appreciate that. And if you want to connect with me, Sometimes I like to know the guy on the other side of the camera, the microphone. Everything is at Jarrett Samuels from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, LinkedIn. Uh, man, let's connect. Let's, let's get better together, all right? So thanks for listening, man, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.